with the latest on the corporate front, all the market trends, expert opinion, and sound business advice. It is your unique window into the business world, direct from the heart of China. Hello and welcome to Biz Today. I'm Xia Wen in Beijing. Coming up, we'll have a half an hour of business news and analysis. In today's program, we'll talk about why global investors are bullish on Chinese stocks and the prospects for China's equity markets. We'll also look at France's controversial pension reforms and why the French people are resisting them. Now let's begin with our top story. Global investors are buying more Chinese stocks as they are increasingly bullish on the market. Foreign capital inflows into Asia's through the northbound trading system exceeded over 41 billion yuan, or six billion dollars, since January, equivalent to nearly half of the 90 billion yuan bought by the foreign investors in all of 2022. Following the record high inflows of foreign capital into Chinese stock markets, the benchmark Shanghai Composite Index gained 2.6 percent, and the Shenzhen Composite Index expanded almost 4.5 percent from the end of last year. In the meantime, the Chinese yuan has strengthened 2.2 percent against the dollar this week, hitting an almost five-month high. Global investors say they optimized the COVID policies and the central government's supportive measures boosted China's growth outlook. Now, for more on this, we're joined by Professor Chu Qiang, Assistant Director of International Monetary Institute at Renmin University of China, and Helga Zeblerouche, founder of the Schiller Institute, a Germany-based political and economic think tank. First of all, Professor Chu. We know global investors bought a net 41 billion yuan of China stocks through the Stock Connect programs that link Hong Kong with exchanges in Shanghai and Shenzhen. What can you tell us about the investment trends? Well, basically, I think overseas investors are very optimistic to Chinese equity and Chinese assets. Since last November, the capital is moving into China, mainland market, especially、uh, Asia, and this trend has been more and more outstanding in this month. Even though we didn't pass,、uh, we only passed one third of the month, but already seen like a thirty, a thirty billion yuan net worth flowing into Chinese Asia market, which is very huge because. Mm-hmm. This is basically、uh, half of the year of the size of last year. You're seeing international investors are very confident about the future, about the rebound、uh, and the recovery of Chinese economy.、Um, Helga, you're based in Berlin. From your perspective of view, why more and more global investors are turning their attention to the increasingly important China A shares market? Well, I think it has to do with the fact that practically all financial an- analysts. Are convinced that there will be an economic downturn in the Western economies.、Uh, the only difference between them is that they differ in estimating the dimension of such a recession in the West. On the contrary, they look at China and not only China, but actually all of Asia and also some other parts of the world, which they expect to grow. And this growth is、uh, driven by China to a very large extent. So unlike the more speculative investments in Western equity markets, Chinese equities mostly reflect the real economy, and therefore are expected to follow upward trends because the investments in physical economy are much more solid. And I think that that is the main reason. I see. 
A recent report released by Citi's Securities showed that Chinese assets will gather greater appeal in this year, and the net flow of the capital will exceed 100 billion yuan amid the steady appreciation of the renminbi. Then, Professor Chu, how do you view the global investors' confidence on Chinese assets? Well, first of all,、uh, according to the experience, which has been well, the route has been going through by、uh, by USA, by European countries, by Korea and Japan and ASEAN countries. Basically, after the end of the COVID situation, all these economies experienced very, very quick recovery、uh, in the economy. The market rebound are very fast and sharp. So China, after three years in the pandemic, the whole economy are hitting a rock bottom. So the assets has been very, very、uh, lowly estimated.、Um, I think its valuation, evaluation is low right now. So I think international investors,、uh, which is very clever,、uh, they view this as a very good,、uh, important window for、uh, going to Chinese market because basically it's a sure bet that you're going to pick up with the recovery. And、uh, immediately, this、uh, low evaluated asset is going to rebound to its normal evaluation. So why not catch this opportunity? So pretty much because foreign investors think Asian markets is undervalued, that's why they think it's a good time to enter the market now. Yes, exactly. So when you try to enter this country's market, what the first thing you need to do? Very simple. You need to exchange your money. Anything you got into Chinese renminbi, and、uh, you come into Chinese Asian market because we have official channel for that, and therefore because everybody loves renminbi again, so renminbi's exchange rate just go up very quickly. The renminbi's、mm-hmm. become very strong, and、uh, I think this trend is we're going to continue for quite a while. Helga, what's your take on Professor Chu's remarks? Uh, well, I think that right now, you know, the world is in a dramatic change where. Because of the high inflation in Europe, for example, in the energy market, and a general fear that you know the inflation cannot be really fought, because if the central banks are going for quantitative tightening, there is the danger of a bankruptcy wave. So therefore, people really look at at China in particular, which you know has put much more emphasis on the real economy. And the increase of the domestic market in China is already,、uh, I think, 400 million、uh, people of a middle class level. The Chinese government has recently said that they want to beef up the domestic market while at the same time, you know, increasing the investments in the Belt and Road Initiative, where more than 150 countries cooperating. So the general climate in around China and is much more. Attractive in times where investors are really very insecure about investments in Europe or even in the United States. So the logic behind it is that、uh, foreign capitals think Asians provide a relatively safe haven during the global market turbulence. Yes, definitely. I think people, you know, are really looking for a way to get through this crisis. I, I think personally that this coming year of 2023 will see big shakeups, which have to do a lot with the strategic situation. It has a lot to do with general、uh, crisis around Ukraine. So there are many imponderabilities. And therefore, I think the more China concentrates in thinking of safeguarding against such shakeups in the coming year, the better. Hmm. 
Well, we have also noticed that international investors have become increasingly interested in pursuing renminbi-denominated assets, as we just discussed, to diversify their investment portfolios over the past few years. Professor Chu, what's your take on this trend? Well, this is the cause, as you may probably see in this new year, according to the、uh, prediction of、uh, the IMF, World Bank, and World Economic Forum, stagflation. Or inflation, or、uh, stagnation. Well, any one of these key words is going to be one of the theme of this year. Any given country, you probably get one of it. Probably you get two of it. Anyway, so it's going to be a problem year. So how do we solve this problem? I think China is one of the key because in the past three years, why the whole world doesn't have a healthy recovery of the whole economy? I think lack of China is one of the problem, not all the problem, but one of the problem. Uh, without China in the picture, we probably don't have fully opened world market because China itself is one of the largest market in the world. And also, without Chinese supply chain, we're looking at a higher price, or we're looking at a more choked supply chain. And now, with China's return, I think we are going to provide more of a product with a very stable price, with very stable supply to the world market, which is very helpful for the inflation problem. And also, when China opened its door to the world product, another customer is back online. What a great news! And the stagnation problem also welcomes a new cure. So I think no matter what, Chinese return to this market is going to be a great news. And of course, one of the result is that it's going to have a very positive result for China's economy. And I think this is the fundamental reason that international investor. Are having a very positive thoughts on Chinese assets right now. This is spillover effect to the other country of the world. I think is also going to be very positive. So just let's wait and see.、Mm-hmm. Let's talk about China's yuan's performance.、Uh, I bet you have noticed China's yuan has recovered against the U.S. dollar over the past week, and analysts say faster than expected economic recovery and the increase of. Foreign capital inflow are some of the key drivers behind the yuan's recent strength. What's your take on that? Why is China's yuan climbing, and、uh, what does it mean to China's economy, to foreign capital, and also international trade? Well, I think the reason is that one, American、uh, U.S. dollar is getting weaker.、Uh, you've been seeing the U.S. dollar、uh, index is dropping from the top of 114 to right now 104. So basically, when U.S. dollar is going weaker, other major economies, currency like Japanese yen, like、uh, euro and uh, uh, Swiss franc, and also a Chinese yuan, are getting stronger relatively. So that's one of the reasons. And secondly, Chinese economy is rebounding very fast. On one hand, even though the export of Chinese is slowing down, still China, well, is the least worst player in the major economy. If you take a look at basically all the developed economy in the major. Ex- Uh, exporter, you find China is still number one、uh, surplus makers in the trade, even though we're slowing down. But the other people are slowing down even faster. That's how the situation is. So comparatively, Chinese yuan is getting stronger compared to other countries' currency because we're stronger in the trade. And also,、uh, the third reason is what I mentioned before: Chinese、uh, rebound, Chinese recovery has been showing a really good window. To catch up with the assets market, so foreign investors、mm. love Chinese assets again, show an appetite again, so they buy in. Before they buy in, they they have to switch to Chinese yuan, and that's the third reason why Chinese yuan is going、uh, stronger. 
And basically, you have to understand in the global economic structure, China and the U.S. is like playing a duet on the arena. So、uh, when America is singing, China is probably standing behind. And when America feel tired in the economy, so China will take over, will pass on with the torch. And I think it's great news for the world. At least we have multiple players to carry on with the economic engine right now. Not like before, if one will fall, everybody will fall as well.、Mm. Helga, the International Monetary Fund reported that the use of Chinese yuan in global central bank reserves has continued to increase, while holdings of the U.S. dollar dropped it from seventy percent in two thousand to less than sixty percent in twenty twenty two. How significant is that? Well, I think it's the、uh, the effect of the fact、uh, that many central banks have learned the lesson of the. Decision taken by the U.S. Federal Reserve, the European Central Bank, and other Western banks to seize the asset of the Russian Federation. I mean, they took about 300 billion dollar and just、uh, confiscated them. And before they did the same thing with Afghanistan, where they took nine、uh, billion dollar of money, which、uh, actually belongs to the Afghan people. Now that has been the equivalent of a dollar default. On its obligations, and it has completely undermined global confidence in the U.S. currency, because you know if you weaponize your currency, then you know you must not be surprised if other countries go for a attempted de-dollarization, and therefore many nations are now diversifying their assets in order not to be targeted in the future. Now this is a very Tricky question because obviously it is not so simple to replace the dollar because as long as nations are trading with the dollar, the dollar will reserve will be a reserve currency, but it will no longer be the only one. And、uh, you have right now an effort to you know go also in new currencies. And many countries of the global south are trying to get a more safe credit、uh, mechanism than it has been with the dollar dominance.、Mm. And lastly, Helga. What's your observation on China's economic outlook for 2023? Well, I think you know it, it really depends if China, if the regulators、uh, are wise enough to、uh, make sure that the inflow of capital coming from foreign investors goes into the real economy. I think it's really important to preserve the stability of the real economy. But I think that has been the policy of、uh, China all along, and you have taken measures against speculation. So I think that in a world which will be in turmoil、uh, for sure this、uh, this present year, I think China will be a safe haven. And you know, I think also if you combine that with new initiatives coming from President Xi Jinping. Like the Global Development Initiative, in combination with the Belt and Road Initiative, I think there are mechanisms to safeguard against coming turbulences. All of the Chinese economy, especially for the Global South, is really a lifeline. And、uh, you know, so I'm as optimistic as this professor, but you know, we should also be on guard because the times are really rough. We're speaking with Helga Zebler-Rouge, the founder of Schiller Institute, a Germany-based political and economic think tank, and also Professor Chu Qiang, assistant director of International Monetary Institute at Renmin University of China. 
Let's take a short break, and coming back, we'll take a look at France controversial pension reform. What's happening, and why? Stay tuned. Welcome back. You're listening to Best Day. I'm Xia Wen in Beijing. The French government has announced a highly controversial pension reform, a proposal that might cause a political and social storm for the administration of President Emmanuel Macron. The new legislation will require French citizens to work until 64, up from the current 62, to qualify for a full pension. Opinion polls show that around two thirds of French people oppose rising the retirement age, citing high inflation and cost of living. France Pension Advisory Council has estimated if nothing was changed, the country's pension system would have a deficit of 13.5 billion euros by 2030. For more on this, we're joined by Professor Chu Xiang, Assistant Director of International Monetary Institute at Renmin University of China, and Helga Zipp-Lerouge, founder of the Scheler Institute, a Germany-based political and economic think tank. First of all, Helga, what can you tell us about France pension reform plan? Well, that is、uh, interesting because just this Tuesday, the French Prime Minister Elisabeth Borne announced the reform of the pension, and this will then go next week to the cabinet to be there discussed, and then after that, it will be debated in the parliament, and then by the end of the summer, it's supposed to go into effect. What it basically means is two points. One is to increase the age of entering pension、uh, from 62 to 64 years, and this is supposed to be increased step by step until 2030. And the second step is to increase the years of payment where you have to pay into the pension fund from presently 41.5 years to 43 years. Before you can get the full amount of the pension, now that is supposed to come much more quickly, not in 2035 as it was、uh, scheduled so far, but it should go into effect by 2027. Now it is、uh, claimed that unless this reform is done, there would be a deficit in the French budget until 2030. Of 13.5 billion. Now, frankly, you know, if you compare the 13.5 billion to the 112 billion the U.S. has spent for arming Ukraine, I mean, it seems like a little sum, and it will cut deep into the living standard of the population. So, it is not a surprise that the number of people who want to stay with the 62 years is,、uh, according to a recent poll, 74 percent of all Frenchmen. Do not agree with this reform,、mm-hmm. Professor Chu. The pension reform is widely unpopular in France. A recent opinion polls showed that around two thirds of French people are against the reform, and the majority support a call for protests due to high cost of living and rising inflation. What economic impact will the reform bring to people's lives? This is actually a very common phenomenon. If you take a look at Japan. Japan has already given us some example. While developed nation inevitably will face aging problem, basically this rule applies to everyone. Besides, USA have a very large size and a very large、uh, number of immigrants to fill in the blank, but other country probably don't have this privilege. When this happened, well, this is just a simple mess.、Uh, when you have more people retire, don't work, and、uh, you have fewer people work. 
to provide a product and services for the rest of the population. So the living standards definitely is going to drop. And、uh, you've been using the young people's saving, a partially saving of the salaries to support for the pension for the old. So you need a、uh, pyramid shape of the demographic structure rather than upside down of the pyramid. That's not how math is going to work. So when that happens, the government basically need to have a very tough choice. On one hand, probably is going to maintain the size of the pension for the old for many times, which means you get one thousand euro a month, never change for the next five or ten years, or even reduced amount you paid to the old people, and、uh, that definitely is going to hurt your living standard for sure. And、uh, or the government can take another way, more popular. Which government becomes the one who takes the debt, borrow money, and give money to everyone? It's like what Japan are doing. Well, that looks very beautiful, but still, it causes another thing. It's called the death spiral of the deflation, which means the government has to borrow and borrow and pay back for the debt, and it cannot coming out of that trap. Right now,、uh, if you take a look at Japan's fiscal book, 60% more of the national debt. Are bought by their own central bank, so they're creating money to buy their own debt. How is this going to be? Well, in the human history for the past five thousand years, we've never seen this situation, so no one knows how that situation is going to bring us to. But if you take a look at Japan's economic situation or the vitality of the whole society, you will immediately understand that that's probably not as good as you hear. So either way, the government need to find a find a cure. That cure is not on the pension reform. It's probably on the economic structure reform, technology reform, demographic structure reform, like、uh, introducing in more of the immigrants. But that's going to cause some other political issues or religious issues. That's beyond our discussion today. Yeah. So France is considered one of the lowest retirement ages in the industrialized world. It spends more than most other countries on pensions at nearly fourteen percent of economic output. And now, considering the strong opposition from the general public and the unions, if the draft bill didn't go through,、um, how will it affect France's pension system and the country's economy in the long term? One thing very different from France and Japan, while still use Japan as an example, is that Japan is a is a country financially and fiscally independent. What does that mean? Which means Japanese government has the privilege or freedom to print the money for its own debt, which privilege France doesn't enjoy because France are using euro. And the euro has been issued by the ECB,、uh, which is a joint central bank. Which means France are facing a unified、uh, monetary situation, but with their own fiscal problem. So you cannot ask German, Italy, who use euro to share your debt because you want to pay more for your own old. So that's going to be a problem. And then the choice left for France, French government is very limited.、Uh, and also we have another example called Greece. Greece experienced a very similar situation in the Euro debt crisis because Greek government want to borrow money to pay for their retired people or pay for some other social benefit, and、mm-hmm. what waiting for them is a huge debt they cannot repay because they cannot print the money to pay it, and therefore they fall into the trap called austerity and deflation in the years to come, and even to today. They are not fully recovered from that. So 
I yeah. think if that really happened, or if the, France is starting to reform, they're probably going to have more of the pressure domestically and politically. And if you they don't reform, I think the situation is going to get worse.、Mm, Helga, this is actually not the first time that French people took to the streets to protest against pension reforms. Last time it was happened in 2010 when former President Nicolas Sarkozy was trying to raise the retirement age from 60 to 62. About 3.5 million people turned out to demonstrate against the plan, but the bill was still signed into law. So this time, what's the possibility for President Macron to pass this pension reform? Well, we will see because you have an unprecedented united front of all trade unions. Even those who normally completely oppose each other,、uh, they all decided to have now demonstrations, strikes, blockades, and this、uh, probably will paralyze the whole country for many weeks and maybe even months. So I think there is one more element in the situation, and that is that in the population, it is generally recognized. That behind this pressure on the French government is the EU and the banks and the IMF, who are all demanding that these reforms be implemented. And you know, this has caused, for example, the yellow vests, these protesters in the streets, to reappear. I think that this will be a very tense、uh, social situation, and it's very difficult to say because you know the ex-Gaullist parties. They were already signaling that they may go for a compromise, and though it could happen that with concessions, the law will be implement, implemented, the spirit of the law will remain the same. But you know, I mean, for example, Macron also has promised to increase the minimum wage to one thousand two hundred euros. So it is very difficult. It, it really depends. If the population remains in relative apathy, or if they actually realize that they have the right to fight for a decent living standard, you know the policy of quantitative easing. Why do we have inflation in Europe right now? It is not just the energy, but the fact that after 2008, the central banks were printing money, practically you know trillions and trillions of money, and that money is now showing up as inflation. And naturally, the blowback from the sanctions against Russia. So there are many factors、uh, contributing to the economic situation,、uh, and the population feels that they have to carry the burden, which you know many people are really upset about, and the anger is is very big. So I think it's、um, a very tense situation, which we will have to see how it goes. We have to wrap up here. Thank you for your insightful opinions. We've been speaking to Helga Zebler-Rusch, founder of the Schiller Institute based in Germany, and also Professor Chu Qiang from Renmin University of China. So that's all the time for this edition of Base Today. I'm Xu Yawen in Beijing. Thank you so much for listening.